So welcome to Training Wheels, our, our parenting podcast. And we are, we are back with Jim and Carrie Capaldo. Um, last time Jim and Carrie were with us, they, they sort of began to unpack this concept of raising gospel-minded kids. And they, they shared a couple of things. They talked about fostering a, a gospel-centered home life, which included you know, creating a culture of grace where it's okay to, to be real and transparent, uh, where confession needs to take place, where forgiveness needs to take place. They also touched on the importance of, of multi-generational mentors uh, that happens within the family and outside of the family with uh, small group leaders, uh, youth pastors, and those kinds of people in the church. We're going to continue that conversation today as we continue to think about how to how to foster and develop gospel-centered kids. So, Jim, Carrie, welcome again. Thanks for being here. Uh, share with us your your thoughts. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, you know, raising gospel-minded children, again, there's no silver bullet that any parent really has. But on, on some of these things, there are certain things that I think are really straightforward in the scriptures. And one of those is this concept of, a, of, of biblical boundaries. Um, uh, scripture talks pretty clearly, uh, you know, that children obey your parents in the Lord. Uh, for this is the first commandment with promise that you'll live long. Most kids have a desire to live long, you know, and, uh, and so you can, you can use that. But, you know, as far as authority or boundaries in the home, you only hold that positional influence and authority for so long before it really transitions more into the relational dynamic of, of influence. And uh, we really encourage this is that parents would be the primary spiritual influencers in their kids' lives. There may be other mentors. But it's too easy sometimes. God has given parents this authority and this and this privilege and responsibility, and it becomes very easy sometimes for parents to outsource all the spiritual dynamics somehow to the church. And it's a it would be a wrongly placed expectation if a parent thought that the church was supposed to handle all the spiritual dealings with their children. Hmm. So just setting those boundaries. Uh, one of the things is parents have really got to be uh, in the word. They've really got to have their own devotional life so that when it comes time to having that authority, they have a foundational um, confidence from God's word that goes way beyond them, way beyond their generation, way beyond uh, our parents' generation, grandparents. It goes back um, uh, to God uh, who is the same yesterday and forever. And, And so, as far as that goes, the uh, the lines of authority um, are there scripturally. We have those, but Carrie, why don't you talk a little bit more about how we relationally uh, put those in? Yeah, well, one thing that is important, we did teach our kids early on to memorize scripture. And one of the first scriptures that our kids memorized was Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right, that it may go well with you. And I'll never forget it. You could ask all of our kids right now. If you ask them right now, why do you obey at the very basic level? for kids is to be safe. Hmm. You know, you're not going to run out in the street. It's to keep you safe. And so even to this day, they understand that. And something that we really tried to implement when they were growing up is not only do you have to obey me to keep you safe, but I have an authority as well who is God. And if I don't obey God, then I'm not safe. Therefore, you're not safe. And so as we've tried to instill that into our kids, there is a basic authority in our home where God is the authority above even parents. And so that instilled into them a respect for God's word, which was really, really valuable in training and teaching them. And it was done at a relational level. Ephesians, or not Ephesians, Deuteronomy 6, if you want to go and read that. I mean, it talks about these commandments you're going to tell your kids as you rise up 
when you lay down, when you walk on the streets, when throughout every part of your life is what that means. It's not like, okay, kids, we're going to have a devotional, although there's time for that. The devotions can happen while you're eating breakfast. Every single point in our life, we need to be exampling to them yep. what the gospel is. Yeah, so we, we talk, we've talked in this podcast about Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he's old, he won't depart from that. And part of that training is modeling that in front of your kids. It's not just verbal, but it's living it out. So there, I love what you just said about we submit to God, we obey God, we honor God. They're seeing us do that, so then they honor us as we're honoring God. That's that's a huge principle. It yeah. is, because then they'll respect, your prayer is that they'll respect the Word of God because they've seen the blessing that's bring, brought in their own life and in their own family. When I asked our son when we were preparing to do um, this lecture, um, I asked him, you know, what is it? What is it that has helped you as, what have we done as parents that has helped you? Because we could assume a lot of things. And the one thing he said was, you guys have talked a lot to us, but the one thing that has been the most meaningful is God's word. That scripture says in Isaiah 55, that it will not return void. Right. So our hope is not in our wisdom or in our great words. It's in God's word. And that has been hidden in their hearts. And therefore they can then live that out to themselves. Another dynamic of it, though, um, is really uh, when we talk about um, raising gospel-minded children, you're, you're in a family context. And so what we're looking to do is, is bring about a biblical view of family. Um, and that's important uh, for kids to understand because especially in the culture today, there are so many opposing views of what family really is. And, and our movement and, and central, our, our movement of churches, we would affirm this is that that marriage is a sacred institution ordained of God, um, that it's, uh, it's for the, the, the joy and the, of mankind, but it's also for the propagation of the race. It's to be entered into by one man and one woman with, uh, into a covenant to the glory of God. And the biblical, of course, the scriptural ideal is that would only be broken by death. But, but uh, th- just for our kids to be raised with that understanding of a biblical view of family and helping them keep that in mind in their relational world. Uh, and, and that's a tricky thing, especially as kids are, you know, grow. What do you do when teenagers and they go through that stage of life where they start showing interest in others that's just beyond friendships? And so that's been an interesting a dynamic. It's, it's a good teaching opportunity. So what does the Bible say about manhood? What does the Bible say about womanhood? Um, but, but beyond that, uh, you know, we've had some dealings with this. And, and how, Carrie, why don't you, how have we talked with our kids about their own relationships? Well, I think it's important in all of our lives to recognize that we're all prone to have idols. We all are. And I think that the root of almost every sin would be an idol, um, usually serving ourselves. And so what we've tried to do with our children is, you know, they always ask the question about dating and boyfriends and girlfriends and their friends are so important. And all across the board, it doesn't matter if it's a boyfriend or if it's just friends that you're hanging out or a girlfriend or whatever, we need to have our primary focus beyond Christ. Only Christ can meet our needs. So we try to minimize relational chaos in their lives by emphasizing their devotion to Christ. So if they're trying to get their needs met, even by mom and dad, that's not okay. Their first priority is relationally with Christ yeah, and teaching them how to do that and the importance of it and the fulfillment that they can actually have, finding their satisfaction in him. So when there is somebody that they like of the opposite sex or they've got a friend who they want to spend all their time with all the time, we do check that, even if it is a great friend, because that 
particular thing can become an idol, just like it could be for any of us. We've all fallen in that trap. I know that I have, and I know that my greatest satisfaction is with Christ. I I love your last point, which has to do with modeling a, a missional faith in God, which sounds like you're mobilizing people for action. Talk a little bit about that. Well, our background is that we did serve as missionaries for uh, for many years, and uh, and before coming back down towards where we were raised in the Heartland regions. But uh, um, so that's been part of our our mobility. Um, is but but it's been the lens through which we've looked at life and raised our kids. So one of the biggest challenges is what do you do together as a family? And what we have found is one of the greatest opportunities, just relationally, is we've connected with uh, immigrant and refugee families, families in our own neighborhood. Because families have kids their age, and it's more natural. It's a way for mom and dad to connect with people, not only of their demographic, but the kids as well, and to, and to minister together as a family. We've, we've tried really hard uh, to help our kids look at life uh, through a lens. Really what we were trying to get them to do, and, and we've tried to model this as parents, but it's, a, it's an old quote from William Carey, missionary, India, a long time ago. But he said this, he said, uh, he said, Attempt great things with God and expect great things from God. And uh, and so we show we strive to do that as a family. That's fantastic. Hey, thanks again, Capaldos, for joining us for our, our podcast. It's going to uh, bear some great fruit, I know, in, in families' lives. We appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.